Welcome back to the Roaring Glory podcast. I don't know what episode this is. This is season two still. 77. We're going somewhere. We're trying to get somewhere today. So let's go. last episode you know i'm gonna edit that to be just perfect right? i know i know you will we've got that echo oh have to edit that. is that better there that's better here we are there it is welcome shady pines that's what i'm wearing andy is celebrating st patrick's day with a shady pines <laughs> retirement home green sweater yeah none of them on that show are irish oh, yeah i would doubt it she's italian sophia's italian yeah yeah. She's funny, though. Uh, I'm not wearing any green because I myself am Irish, so well, what's it matter? Yeah, it works out. I read an interesting artist article about uh, St. Patrick while I was in class. <laughs> not touching your feet like I just did. <laughs> so what would you read in class instead of listening? I read a nice, short, Ligonier article about St. Patrick, who's not actually a saint. He was never... Oh. I mean, he's a saint in the biblical sense. Sure. But he's never canonized by the Roman Catholic Church. He, uh, gosh, he did end up in well, Scotland, um, and he was all about bringing conversion, uh-huh. bringing the gospel to Scotland because he was when he was like sixteen. He was um, kidnapped, not kidnapped. He was taken captive. Uh-huh. By whatever group ruled over ancient Scotland at that day. This is like late 300s AD, okay. early 400s AD. Okay. <clears throat> and so they take him to Scotland. He's there for a number of years in captivity, working as a farmhand or whatever. Uh, eventually escapes. And uh, shortly after he escaped, he had he had kind of become uh, more devoted, maybe even converted while he was in captivity escaped uh, just a short time after he escaped. He realized, you know what? I want to bring the gospel to my captors, to those people. So he goes back to Scotland and he starts planting crazy amounts of churches, has a hard time at the beginning because uh, Christianity is not welcome. Mm. Eventually the king is converted and he baptizes him. Wow. And then he goes on this whole crusade of of planting all these churches and seeing all these converts and I did not know that. So the uh the story of St. Patrick, you know, sending all the snakes out of Scotland or whatever whatever the the myth is. Yeah. W- probably actually started from um kind of a metaphor for yeah. him bringing the gospel that cast out all the yeah. immorality, the serpents. All the all the serpent ways mm. from the people. You know, I knew a little bit about that story. I read a book called "How the Irish Saved Civilization." It was a pretty good book, um, but it talked a little bit about where would you find something like that on Library my shelf? Congress. How did you get a hold of that? Uh, it's on Amazon. How did you come across it on Amazon? Uh, a guy that I well, the, the worship leader that I interned under had read it. His wife was Irish and. 
I don't know how he came across it, but he found out that I was Irish and it's like, hey, you should read this book. This so. is how you find stuff, by the way. You listen to people yeah. mention things yeah. in passing. Yeah. So I picked it up. I read it. I liked it. It's good. It's a good little short historical book. It's not big. Not big. Was that <laughs> Irish? I don't know what that was. <laughs> One time I went to a Mexican restaurant and I was just feeling good and I thought, okay, I'm going to throw a little uh, accent on my... Oh, no. And so we went to sit down and uh, the guy was like, you know, is this is this fine for you guys? And instead of coming out in a Spanish accent, it came out, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife just about lost it. Just couldn't, just didn't know where that came from. And you've been listening to uh, Alistair that day? Oh, yeah. That's, Good old Ali Bag. He's Scottish. Oh, well, that what was that? Either one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the difference. Great. You and I got to go over there, though, to figure out if there's uh, That's right. some sort of theological library as inheritance waiting. <laughs> yeah. So, as John, Darby's. John Darby, kind of, yep. I don't, he wasn't in Scotland or Ireland, was he? Mm, I think he was in Ireland. It might have been England, though. Uh, I don't know. No, 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 no. He was from an Irish family. Kind of a royal family, I think. Well. We might be princes. Watch out. We're going to take over. Mm. All right. <laughs> Where are we trying to go to right now? Well, I thought it was good to address some of the uh, some of the people, some of the teachers that, you know, that we know in mm-hmm. Christendom. Mm-hmm. Is that a phrase? Christendom, yeah. Christendom. Um, and, and just kind of discuss some of the things we're seeing. I mean, Ravi was a big one from the past. We did it. We did an episode when Ravi died. Yeah. Kind of remembering Ravi. Yeah. And a lot has come to light since his death that has been absolutely just mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. And what I read yesterday, actually, and for those of you who don't know, Ravi Zacharias uh, was involved in numerous. Uh, sexual assaults and stuff throughout mm-hmm. his ministry. Just a really terrible yeah. uh, double life kind of he was leading. Yeah, um, Kind of tried to justify it, though, with his faith. I don't know. It was odd, the uh, things that are coming out. Yeah, but yeah. So his his whole ministry, which is global, RZIM, has been trying to figure out how do we manage this. I think they've done a really good job of staying from the outside outset there repentance their plan for restitution yeah their um openness with all the investigations um and i read yesterday going forward it will no longer be rzim which you could figure yeah, i, I mean hope. you can't yeah. attach his name to that anymore right. they they've removed all of his teaching wow yeah which they had to do i think in the future some of it may come back because um, some of it was helpful. I'm not going to say it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, they are just going to distance themselves from that name, sure, and that teaching. And so you know this this brought up a thought in my mind because one of probably not one of probably the most influential spiritual man in my life that God has used to grow me is John Piper. And he 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 came out this last voting season, 
and was uh, giving his viewpoint on the election and on um, where he stood, not politically, but how he was going to be involved or or just some things to think about before you go vote, really. Um, and was, I think, from my best judgment, trying to make the point that our view of Jesus and the kingdom of God should be so much higher than our view of America that we need to take into consideration our testimony and other things before we vote. Um, And some people came out obviously against him. I say obviously, I don't know why obviously, because I was supporting that. Uh, But some people came out against him and wanted to just completely throw out all of his teaching. So I think... And you can maybe talk about this a little bit too. The difference between the two, like what's happened or what <laughs> they've said, and, and which one should be thrown out and which one probably should not be. Yeah, we don't want to be uh, like the cancel culture and adapt that to any oh, gosh, to yeah. anything that you know errs from our way of thinking, even just a little bit. But in the context of you have a a uh, Christian teacher who by proxy is therefore a Christian example. Mm. That's the, the only way that that's the only way that the Bible understands our, our leaders and, and spiritual teachers and shepherds is that they're examples. Yeah. So, so when you, <laughs> when you directly oppose what it is to be godly or Christ-like mm. by the way that you live, and when that's also, you know, hypocritical to what you're teaching, uh, that is somebody that you have to kind of step back from. Yeah. But when it's John Piper, you know, trying to give his viewpoint on voting in America, yeah, big deal. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, agree or disagree, that's fine. Yeah, but don't throw out his teaching. No, like what that has no, no that, that right. has right. does not discredit him whatsoever. Right, but. Uh, a double life would. A know. double life would. It is in direct contradiction to uh, the Bible. Yeah. What about a teacher who seems to be biblically sound and then later in life recants things that uh, a lot of our culture would think is not biblically accurate or not necessarily in the Bible? So I'm speaking um, in t- in about homosexuality. What about a teacher who starts off their career affirming that the Bible says that's a sin? Like and Beth Moore. As <laughs> recently, or yeah, I mean, I don't think it's wrong to call these people Jen out. Jen Hatmaker, was that another one of the ladies? It's, it's either Hatmaker or that uh, wash your face girl. Rachel Hollis. It's one of those two. I don't remember. Both I, of them. Well, yeah, but I can't remember which one has the daughter that... Jen Hatmaker. Okay, okay. So, okay, so they start out seemingly... Orthodox. Orthodox, or it seems like it. And then they move later. What about their teaching now? What about that teaching that seemed orthodox at the beginning, and now they're teaching things that are not? What do you do with those? You know, that's the thing. Uh, I thought a lot about this because there's, there's, I hear Jesus' words, um, Luke 9 and Mark 9, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that anyone that's not against us is for us. They see somebody casting out demons in Jesus' name. He's not following them, so they try and stop him. Uh, 
And then Jesus says, do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon to afterward to speak evil of me, for the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives a, you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. And then he goes on in verse 42, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, in reference to disciples, yeah. it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. So in reference to these false teachers, they start out, and they seem somewhat orthodox. Yeah. Um, they they will make clear their belief uh, according to the Bible's belief about sin and yeah. all this sort of stuff. And then they'll come back around later on to denounce that and then to condone those former sins that they once condemned. That, to me, would follow along with verse 42, that your... You're causing little ones to sin mm-hmm. by believing that sin is not sin. Yeah. Uh, that's a big problem. Yeah. So in the beginning, even though there's a little bit of smoke, you're like, okay, Christ is being preached Yeah. somewhere. Okay. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm not going right. to go on a right. journey with him. But then later on, it gets revealed, mm-hmm. and and people have to be ready for that. Yeah, when the teachers that we found in our infancy in our walk, you know, prove not to be, yeah, uh, of our family, really. Yeah, uh, Aaron, who we've had mm-hmm. on here before, we were talking about that after the whole Ravi thing came out, and he he confessed that that was a. a personal problem for him that he really needed to keep in mind these are men they're not Mm -hmm. to be worshipped or idolized or put on a pedestal so high above that that any sin that's uh, accused of them or they're accused by shouldn't be taken seriously that like they're they're able to fall and stumble especially with the people out there like that like that are on the yeah uh global stage um they're not our pastors, so we, you know we take what they say with a grain of salt, and we just kind of—we're not going to know them. We don't know them, right? Right. You know, with our with our pastors, we see their life. We mm. know a lot. You know, we live it with them, um, and they're the ones that are speaking to us every week. Yeah. So some deep investigation has to be done, and we have to be so aware and discerning when we move outside of there, that we don't gather teachers that are bad for us. Yeah. It's it's an interesting kind of, I don't know if it's a phenomenon, it's it just our culture and kind of our time period, but this celebrity preacher, is this, a, is this new? Is this, do we see any evidence of this anywhere else in history of people gathering for themselves, these kind of celebrity preachers and teachers and then... Um, seen those people fall? Oh, I think so. When Paul makes mention of people are starting to divide over, well, I follow Apollos or mm. I follow Cephas or I follow Paul. Mm. And Paul tries to clear it up like does that <laughs> those three names don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Follow Christ, you know. Yeah. Apollos may have planted, I may have watered, but it's God who gives the growth. Yeah. And we do it. And I, like you said, it's our it's the church 
integrating with the culture. Mm. Like, okay, we need people that we can put out there that are representative of whatever. We yeah. love their talents. Let's put them out there. You mm. know, we love whatever. So how do we guard against that? idol. <laughs> uh, by not having idols. Oh. That's what we do. Yeah. We have idols with these people. And look, you and I both love some of these great teachers. Mm. And there's room in history for uh, Calvins and, and Luthers and Spurgeons and guys like that. Yeah. Pauls, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, humans were used to write the Bible. They're not their words, but they're right, used right. to write the Bible and their personalities are part of that. Right. So we're, we shouldn't be afraid of that. But like you said, if if your devotion is not to Christ first, then number one, you won't get out of these guys' ministries what they're trying to give you. Mm. And you you will just be sinning the whole time because that that's that that's your God. Yeah. Yeah. That's that kind of brings up a conversation I had with Rachel a, a week or so ago about I was I was just sitting there thinking about, I just watched John Piper's little video on his new book, Providence, and just thinking about how the Lord has used him and like, how do I, how am I to be thankful for this man to God without idolizing this man as, as like, so if I were to ever meet John Piper, what do I say to John Piper that reflects the glory of God? Like not, not, and I don't think it's, John, thank you so much for what you're doing, for how you've been faithful. Because I think, I think he would say, I'm not the one keeping me saved every yeah. day. Like That's Christ. And so I just want to rightly think about these men whose books are surrounding us right now to let that be almost a, like a lens that focuses me back on Christ. Like These are just... These are just men, just names. Like I'm just a man, just a name. And it doesn't matter in the end. Because like you're saying, Paul was, Paul literally said, is it Paul who saves you? Is it Paul who's crucified for you? No. So, so, so I just want to think rightly about these, these leaders and teachers. I remember Alistair Begg meant a lot to me. It does mean a lot. I mean, his ministry mm -hmm. and why the Lord chooses certain avenues for us to yeah. hear his word through. Uh, I don't know. But anyways, Alistair was like the main avenue that that all started. And so Alistair came to Midwestern three, four years ago, something like that. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, I'm going to be there. There's this guy who's meant a lot to me. He's going to be standing right outside the door when I walk out of here. Like, what do I do? What do I say? And I was like, you know what? I'm not in the right headspace to do that. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't ultimately matter. But I do also think that for those guys to know, or for your pastor to know, mm. that he's being utilized yeah. uh, in a God glorifying way, at least lets them know. Okay, this we're on the path. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm hearing the Lord and. There's truth coming out. I'm a vessel for righteousness. And, and Lord, if not for your grace, I could easily become a vessel of wrath. Yeah. Unrighteousness. Yeah. So we need to encourage our pastors and our leaders for sure. 
Yeah, and the pastors have to have a right headspace yeah. about who they actually are. <laughs> yeah. And and we have seen this over the past. I've been watching it for the past five years, probably. These guys who get under them, which is another story, but they get these massive ministries. And then before you know it, something has taken over their life. Pride, Mm -hmm. lust, um, weariness, something. And then it all comes tumbling down. Mm -hmm. And usually the ministry with it, because it was built upon who those guys are. Right. And I'll say this about Spurgeon. I know I'm talking a lot, but one of the most amazing signs that Spurgeon's ministry was of the Lord was that you you don't walk away from reading his sermons or reading even his biography and thinking, oh man, I love Spurgeon. Mm. That's like secondary to realizing like, wow, uh, the Lord is amazing. Jesus is supremely great and magnificent. Mm. That's what you get first from his ministry. Yeah. I think that's the litmus test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you if you walk away from a sermon or a book or and you are focused on yourself or that person, either you misread what the author was writing or or you got it right and that's probably not an author you should read ever again. I really dislike when people walk out of church and they're like, "Man, great such great delivery." You're, you know, or, or good job, you know, something like that's not the, I don't want that. You yeah. keep that to yourself. If you want to tell me something that you heard about the Lord, let's hear that all day. But the good job, great delivery, no. <laughs> <laughs> that no. that seems to be totally missing the point. So. Yeah, if it makes it feel like they were there to just consume some sort of yeah display yeah instead of hear from the Lord. Yeah, that I have in my mind this thought of just a surface level kind of production that you're taking in rather than hearing, like you're just hearing this sound and you're not actually consuming the words yeah. that are being spoken. Yeah, That's good. So that kind of, we're, we're kind of going in this family direction here with the next few episodes, I think. It's the plan. I know we said last time that it, this one would be on marriage. Um, obviously, it's it's hard to corral everybody's schedule. Um, women. <laughs> Andy just closed his eyes and kind of rolled them and just and then just said women, and that was. I am so thankful for our wives. <laughs> Um, I think there's an old country song called Waiting on Women, which, by the way, the fact that we haven't done a marriage um, podcast is not their fault. <laughs> right. <laughs> so maybe we just we just make sure you know. It's our fault. It's our fault. Yeah, we'll take we'll take responsibility for that. So so thinking about these things in terms of how this relates to our daily life. Yeah. Where do we where do we go from there? Well, I always say if the more familiar you become with the gospel, the more you'll understand it when you hear it and be able to get there from wherever you are. Mm. And so early on, right, our in our walk, our discernment isn't that great. We we don't understand a whole lot. 
we know Jesus saved us. We know all that, you know, base information. And then we start hearing a bunch of this stuff, this noise from other people, and we assume a lot of it is right. If they mention Jesus, if they mention <laughs> the Lord er, early, like immediately on, we, we start, you know, kind of drifting in different directions. And so the more you grow and, and get an understanding of the gospel, I think the better you're able to discern error and truth and what these people are saying. And it, and it may be really early on that you get a hold of that. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more you'll recognize his voice, John 10. Yeah. The sheep know my voice and I know them. Yeah, you just did a Sunday night on that. Yeah, so <laughs> you the more you hear his voice, the more you're pretty familiar with it. Yeah. You got anything else? Do we want to tell them about some hot stuff that hit the shelf? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, man, there is some amazing stuff out there. John Piper's magnum opus mm. of his whole life and ministry. Is that, like, pause. Is that a Latin phrase? Pause, yes. What does it mean? If I had my thesaurus here, I'd tell you. It has a th- <laughs> whole thing of Latin phrases. That's awesome. It's <laughs> In context, it sounds like a a culmination or a collection of all that you've Oh, done or okay so providence the book providence by john piper 700 pages Mm -hmm. basically his whole life has been proclaiming the glory of god and the sovereignty of god yeah so that's out there for 20 bucks on wtsbooks.com go get it even if you don't read all 700 pages of it you'll find something in there that will be of help to you yeah, or you. I think he's even got some videos out that are going over it. Yeah, you know, if you're not going to read the whole book, I mentioned one earlier. It's an hour long interview about the book yeah. that he does with yeah. the new president of Bethlehem Seminary. Okay, um, they just kind of go through, you know, the meaning of providence and sovereignty, and a few, a few doctrine and theological questions could go with that, and then about the book as well. If if we're still reading Calvin's Institutes, what five hundred some years later. Yeah, I think we're going to be reading John Piper's Providence probably 500 years. Wow, that's a that's a big statement. I I just think that's what it is. I I don't know. Wow. I mean, I guess I could be wrong, but I'm you, not going to disagree. With you. you don't put something out like that after what 40 years, 30, 40 plus years of of working on it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I every not every. There are a lot of men and women that I listen to that I've heard say John Piper has helped them tremendously. It's it's like <laughs> there's always J.I. Packer and R.C. Sproul and John Piper, John Piper, John Piper. So I, you could be right about this book. It may be one that it stands the test of time. He, he helps open eyes to the majesty of God in a way that puts us in our right place and God in his right place. Amen. And it's too small a lot of times with other ministries. Another guy that did that is R.C. Sproul yeah. and his deep meditations on the holiness of God. His biography uh, by the president of their college, um, Reformation Bible College down there in Florida, Oh, Steve- Stephen Nichols, yes, yes. just wrote a biography on R.C. Mm-hmm. who passed away almost... Four years ago, this coming November, December, something like that. So that's also on WTS Books. 
that's a that's a name we need to be talking more about. Yeah. Uh, I and Our, you, we'd said something about it. You'd said it. He probably RC's stuff is going to come back into play in a major way. Um, after he's been gone a little bit, so some yeah, big stuff from RC in there. Yeah, his teaching is phenomenal. Yep. Um, good. And then uh, you you picked up one today. Yeah, I just bought a new book called Simply Trinity by Dr. Matthew Barrett. What an ironic title. Yeah, Simply not Trinity. Doesn't seem that simple. Uh, the subtitle is The Unmanipulated Father, Son, and Spirit. Uh, he His last book was called None Greater, The Undomesticated Attributes of God. That was a good one. And then this one is obviously, again, simply Trinity. Uh, Dr. Barrett is a professor at Midwestern. Yeah. Or as one of our uh, comrades says, Midwestern. Midwestern. Mid- Midwestern. Midwestern? Yeah. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> our social media director says it that way. Oh, my goodness. Oh, for real? For real. I like ours, so not like Midwestern's, like ours. Right, like ours. Midwestern. Oh, man. I like it. We gotta get I that. think they should go with it. We got to get that figured out. Uh, any other books? That's, Probably uh, thousands. I mean, there's some good ones. Uh, unplug. I saw a quote from Albert Muller the other day. He said, unplug from everything and grab your child and read a good book. Mm. We've talked about reading on podcasts before, so yeah. go back and listen. Everybody knows how we feel about that, how we think about that. Um, I don't know of any other new new books to hit the shelf that I'm super interested in. There, There is a book by Carl Truman, and I cannot read the title from here. Uh, it's on the sexual revolution of our culture. You know, Carl Truman was a Sunday school teacher at Capitol Hill Baptist back in the day. Really? Not know that before Mark Dever and then got there, he was there. Wow, mm-hmm. he's not there anymore. He's dead, I think. N- no, no, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who it is you're thinking of, but not that Carl Truman. So we've got uh, some. I just deleted everything we said. You're looking at cool. me like I don't know what's going on. I don't. We've got some Irish beef stew we're going to go eat because it's St. Paddy's Day. That's what Irishmen do, Irish things. So uh, be on the lookout for Instagram. Are we on Facebook? I ask this yeah. every time. Facebook, if you got questions, info at roaringglory.com. Roaring Glory. That's two Gs back to back there. Go to our website. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go there. You Wouldn't go you there. like to know what it is? Yeah. It's RoaringGlory.com. RoaringGlory.com. And you can find everything you need to find there. Yep. Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. Ask questions. Yeah. That's fun. (laughs) Signing out. Goodbye.